Attention, everybody. Um, I have some kind of bad news. No, Drake's Corner is not stopping. But for this episode, my uh, memory card and my camera kind of just, like, died. So um, throughout the video, uh, it's just going to be kind of just clips of what I'm talking about. I'm sorry you don't get to see the normal set and everything. Um, I just, yeah, it's, it's a very unfortunate circumstance. And I recorded probably one of the best episodes I've ever recorded in my life. And I didn't want to give that up. So we're saying screw the set and we're just going to play some clips for what I talk about. I'm sorry. I know you guys wanted to see me and I, and it hurts my soul that I can't. I may, maybe I'll just put a random picture of me on in the middle of the episode. But for now, it's just going to be clips of what I'm talking about. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. I appreciate you guys a lot for listening. And yeah, let's jump into the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the number one sports podcast on the entire planet. I'm your host, Drake Tharp, and boy, do I have a packed episode for you guys today. Um, It is Wednesday, December 8th, and we are hitting the hedge of the sports season. Everything is colliding. There's just so much stuff going on. It's making me just excited, and I love it. Um, So, kind of a boring NFL week, not going to lie. Um... Not too much crazy action. NBA's tightening up a bit before coming up to the All-Star break. We had an upsetting college basketball. Ohio State put down number one Duke, making making things interesting. It's not even March yet. Uh, and last but not least, college football. We'll get into that here in a little bit. Um, first segment I want to get into today is um, a little segment I like to call Transfer Dancers. A few quarterbacks announced they were entering the transfer portal, including Spencer Rattler, Adrian Martinez, and Quinn Ewers. Um, so Spencer Rattler, oh, we, boy, have we had a, uh, a time with him on this show. I would just like to say that transferring is the right move for him. Um, obviously Caleb Williams has taken over that team and, you know, Rattler, he's got all the talent in the world, but there's just a few things wrong with him and it's his attitude. It's his decision-making, but he has a hell of an arm and, I have a chance to break his story with you guys. And now, I'm not saying it's confirmed, but I have sources now. Yes, am I getting verified? I, I, I don't know. I have sources now. Who's to say? Uh, you guys are the crowd. Take it how you will. But I have a few sources that say Spencer Rattler is on his way to Nebraska. Yes, here here in Nebraska. Here where the, the pin mark is, Omaha or in Lincoln, wherever, I mean, wherever you might be at. Uh, but here in Nebraska, where the university lies is in Lincoln and Spencer Rattler might be on his way there. Here's the deal. Spencer Rattler was reported to be in the Nebraska area about two days ago, and he met with the Nebraska staff. This this is just from my sources. We'll see how uh, viable they are here um, in the upcoming days. But here's the deal with Spencer Rattler. Spencer, this is your one chance. You This is your opportunity of a lifetime to get back into the mixture of eliteness, of elite college play. You have all the talent in the world, and you're too stubborn to be happy for the freshman guy. Now you have your chance to make up for that. Um, I, th- I really think Nebraska would be a great starting point for him. They have a developing 
offensive line, good defense behind them. Um, if Martinez would have stayed, I would have said Nebraska has a great shot next year. That may be a Big Ten title. I, I think it's, you know, a good time for them to have a breakout season. Developing line, incoming receivers, developing running backs, great defensive line, good safety play, et cetera, you, anything you want. And Scott Frost is head coach. Love him or hate him, he's a dog, okay? Um, and Spencer Rattler, transfer, going to be a junior, would be a perfect guy to build around for Nebraska. That's my opinion. But I would like to just make uh, a uh, like a kind of a fantasy transfer here. Spencer Rattler to UCLA would be incredible. Now here's why: Lincoln Riley, former Oklahoma head coach, now off to USC in the Pac-12. Guess who was also in the Big Twelve? UCLA. UCLA has developed a yeah, decent plethora of quarterbacks. Most recent Josh Rosen. Um, out of that, as of recent, not really a ton, but they know how to develop quarterbacks. They definitely could use someone like Spencer Rattler in that Pac-12 kind of offensive overload uh, conference kind of deal. I think Spencer Rattler would play great there. Other than that, uh, but my sources are telling me Nebraska, and I think he'd fit well there. You know, coming, go, leaving Oklahoma, going to the Big Ten, kind of a more, you know, Midwestern area, I think he would in like a less powerhouse off offensive conference, I think Rattler might be able to thrive there. Give give the legs some a break because Oklahoma mostly relied on that offense. And since Caleb Williams took over, Rattler's time was done. His attitude got in the way. And if this kid doesn't fix his attitude, he is not going to ever play in the NFL. He needs to be seen as a leader, and Nebraska's a good shot for him to do that. So Nebraska or UCLA, my opinion would be the perfect spot for him. Adrian Martinez now, former Nebraska quarterback, uh, kind of a super senior type deal. He's got one more year of eligibility. And what better way to bring it back home to the California Golden Bears? Yes, he was reported as to going to California on a visit. Um, most recent quarterback they developed, Jared Goff. First pick in the NFL draft a few years ago. Um, I think he's got the talent for it. I, I really think that Adrian... And here in Nebraska has been overlooked by a lot of our fans. And, you know, I like to debate them that Adrian's not the problem. If you look at former Nebraska quarterbacks like Tommy Armstrong, um, Taylor Martinez, guys like that, kind of in our recent past, they've had numerous um, NFL talent around those quarterbacks. If you look at Tommy Armstrong, he had Amir Abdullah. If you look at uh, Taylor Martinez, he had receivers like Kenny Bell, um, who wasn't an NFL player, Amir Abdullah still playing in the NFL, and he had a good running back with uh, Roy Halu, if I'm getting that right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Adrian could have had a better system built around him, in my opinion. And he's been seen in Nebraska as kind of the lenient guy to put your blame on. And I don't think that's the case for him. I think he's extremely talented. He's a very underrated runner. He has an arm. He can make accurate passes about half the time. I'd say his accuracy needs to get a little better. But... What better way to bring it back home to the Golden Bears? And I think that maybe gets him a chance at an NFL spot. Um, I don't know if he's talented enough. We'll have to see. He has plenty of time to develop. So that would just be my best case scenario for our beloved friend Adrian here in Nebraska. Last but not least, Quinn Ewers. I think I'm saying his last name right. Could be Edward. I, I don't know. That's a weird name. Anywhom, anywhom uh, Quinn. Uh, so... You have a mullet, 
What screams mullet the most? Texas, right? He, he, get this, he's from Texas. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And reports are saying that Texas and Texas Tech are having a battle for the kid. I think he fits the Texas look perfectly. You know, the conservative kind of mullet, country boy look that every Southerner loves. Stereotypes here, I'm sorry. But it would be perfect. He's the number one quarterback in last year's class. Went to Ohio State, obviously. Not going to play behind C.J. Stroud or J.T. Barrett. Um, I haven't looked into the kid as much, but it looks like, I, I don't know, just going out of state for a kid, he looks like he's a home, like just a homegrown kid who would play perfect in the South. And Texas would be a perfect spot for him as they have two senior quarterbacks who are out of here and they need a quarterback. So what better way to bring a developing, you know, I don't know if he's a redshirt. I think he redshirted this year. So he'll have four years of eligibility. And if he's the number one uh, high school quarterback from last year's class, good shot at the NFL here in two years and maybe bring some aggression to the Texas football team. So those are the three transfer dancers I have. Um, I'd like to see him. I'd really like to see Rattler here in Nebraska. I think if he fixes what he has issues with, he has all the talent in the world to make um, Nebraska here uh, an elite program again that we are all wanting. Uh, if you can't tell, I'm trying to like play off the most unbiased claim of all time here. I'm, I'm a Nebraska fan at heart, and yeah, it's very hard not for me to be like, ah, get in there, come on, go. But you know, you I have to be a I have to be a reliable journalist here and put my bias to the side as much as I want to just shoot up Nebraska and be like, oh, he put us in the title. I can't say that because you know. I'm a. I'm trying to be an elite journalist. What can I say? Sorry, I'm so humble here. Anywho, college football playoff committee is back to being wrong. Am I going to shoot on them again? Am I going to drop another nuke-like promo? No, I'm not going to do that. But, God, they're idiots. Alabama at number one, while they have a worse one-loss record than Michigan. Michigan lost to a ranked team in Michigan State. Alabama lo- loses to an unranked Texas A&M. Um, Michigan obviously has played a harder schedule. Alabama has toughest opponents been Georgia, but other than that, Michigan has played numerous ranked schools. Alabama was taken to overtime with a 500 team in Auburn. Michigan clearly has the best defense besides Georgia in the country, and they also have a the, one of the best running backs, the, probably the number one pick in the NFL draft. What more can you want if you're the committee? Oh, wait, you want to know what they want? Another Alabama-Georgia rematch in the college football playoff final game. Um... I mean, we want us. If you're a fan of the sport, you want different stuff every year. I've been saying this for the past five weeks. It is not good for the sport. First of all, the four-team playoff thing. Second of all, to have two SEC teams in the same in the different side of the bracket. It's not fun at all. We see it every year. At least one SEC team. And if you're from Alabama, cool. I'm glad you like it. If you're a Georgia fan, it's you know it's your it's. A long time coming. We saw this three years ago with Tua Tagovailoa uh, making his grand debut against Georgia, throwing the game-winning touchdown, etc., all that jazz. And, yeah, we love the same teams every year. No, we don't. I personally don't. I wanted to see Michigan face off against Cincy, you know, the two the two unlikely non-powerhouse schools that you don't see in it every year go off in the first round, and Alabama-Georgia over there fighting for the SEC title rematch. 
that that would be great and then the two worlds collide yeah worlds collide here uh, the underdog versus the powerhouse and it could have been that with michigan versus cincinnati and one side of the bracket and georgia alabama on the other i think alabama should be two and michigan at one um cincinnati at four georgia i think georgia's good at three but can't always get what we want can't always get what we want we got to live in live in it's a dictatorship that they run over there in cfbp college football playoffs if you didn't get the acronym anywho i'm over that let's go into the nfl draft that's upcoming here in about four months uh as i was talking about the prospects you got aided hutchinson Kayvon Thibodeau, a lot of edge rushers, not a lot of elite quarterbacks. And that leads me to the possibility, does Detroit end up possibly trading out of that number one pick to a team that could possibly jump up and take a quarterback? Well, let's think of it here. Who, who, who do we have at quarterback? Malik Willis, Liberty quarterback. Weird, I know. A, quarter, a number one pick coming out of Liberty University. But the kid looks like Lamar Jackson with twice the arm. And he's slipping in the in the uh mock drafts but that kind of talent doesn't just leave you have uh kenny pickett from pittsburgh you saw the fake slide if you're all over that bleacher report instagram video stuff he ran a fake slide that's what he's known for right now um he's got a hell of an arm pittsburgh bred they pass a ton he's a gunslinger um we also got sam howell from the north carolina tar heels kind of Carson Wentz-like quarterback, makes the right decisions, great pocket passer. Um, other than that, who else do we have? Um, man, that's about it, if I'm being honest. I could see five teams potentially trading up maybe to the number one pick. I don't know about the number one pick, but um, I could see the Saints, the football team in Washington. Detroit needs a quarterback, I think. I think Goff... Um, is kind of a bridge quarterback. I could see them maybe going for a quarterback second round, but I don't think they'll. I it would surprise the hell out of me if they didn't take either the one of the defensive ends in Thibodeau or Hutchinson. The Texans desperately need a quarterback, but they're up there, probably top three pick here. And the Steelers that probably the Steelers are the most interesting one because reports are saying that big fatty Ben Roethlisberger is out after the season. And I caught the right word in that report. The report said he was out of Pittsburgh. He's not retiring. He's going elsewhere. So um, they need a rookie quarterback. What, what more? I don't, I don't know who they're going to sign. They're not going to put their trust in Rudolph or Haskins because they both suck. Um, personally here, I'd like to see Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh. Where does he go to college? Pittsburgh. What better way to just stay stay around where you're at? Um, he's a gunslinger like Roethlisberger. That's someone they need system build around. Um, the Texans, Malik Willis. Um, they could need someone to replace Watson because I don't think Watson's stepping on the field for the Texans quite possibly ever again for another team. Um, Malik Willis would be a perfect role to kind of the mobile quarterback, strong arm type deal. Um, yeah, kind of a one-man army at Liberty. And that's kind of what Deshaun Watson was in Houston. He really didn't have anybody else around him. Um Saints in Washington, I think they should hit the free agency block for a quarterback. Um, I'm not quite sure what the Saints have in mind. I do like Taylor Heineke in Washington, but they need someone stable to put their trust in for future and ceiling. I think we've seen Taylor Heineke's ceiling, but at the same time, he's working for them. They're in the playoff picture. I like what they're doing. It's kind of the opposite of what I thought they were going to be. I thought they were going to be a dark horse defensive onslaught. 
no, you're not seeing hardly any defensive play. Their pass defense is one of the worst in the leagues. They lost Chase Young, no pass rush. Um, other than that, they did play the Seahawks very well defensively, but they kind of just held the clock. Managed, they managed the clock the entire time with their run game with Gibson and McKissick. Um, Washington does need somebody leading back on, though, at quarterback. Um, I, it's surprising me, though, how they're in the wild card spot, and it's not because of their defense, because of their offense. And I think the Lions will stick with Goff, but they do need somebody to um, put their trust forward in the future, um, kind of do the whole bench him for a year, um, kind of watch Goff, take notes, and then when it's your time, you're the franchise for the next 15 to 20 years. Uh, but in this draft, do I honestly see um, any quarterback being that high of a level? No, especially with last year. Most teams got their quarterbacks last year. Um, I'd see about six starting caliber quarterbacks uh, that are starting like right now. Um, you had Chicago, the Jets, 49ers, Trey Lance is going to be there eventually, Trevor Lawrence, um, Davis Mills is starting for the Texans, who he is not playing as horribly as you'd think he would. Um, who else you got? I'd see Kellen Mond out of Stanford from last year replacing Kirk Cousins in the future if it all goes to hell. Um, the, it was quarterback roulette last year. We're not going to see that this year. Personally, I see it as a weak draft. I see Kayvon Thibodeau being years elite levels above everybody else. He runs a 4-3 as a defensive end. Might have a little injury problem, but he is a great pass rusher. I also see a little T.J. Watt or J.J. Watt and Hutchinson. Um, it's a defensive draft. You see four to five players in the top seven picks, um, all defense. You have that safety from Notre Dame as well. Um, personally, I think Thibodeau is number one, though. Best player by far. And I don't see this draft being nearly as high as a level as last year, especially with the receiving class as well. If you see um, best receiver in this class is either Chris Olave or uh, the Drake London kid out of USC. I don't, and in this draft, you had numerous receiving talents. Jamar Chase, um, Jalen Waddell. Um, who else do you have? Kadarius Toney. You have so these guys are already the face of their franchise at catching the ball. And I don't really see that in this draft at all. This draft is very weak. Anywho, I'm done with that. Done with that take. Um, NFL Power Rankings gets its, guess what? The top 10 list is back. Oh boy. Oh, boy. I know you guys are excited. You wanted to see the list for so long. Here is how the list stands right now. Honorable mentions. I have the football team and the Colts. Very likely that they'll be in the list next week. But right now, number 10, I got the Ravens. Most unpredictable team in the league. Have caught more unlucky days than lucky days. We saw it against the Steelers. We saw it against the Dolphins. The menacing offensive play from Ravens. Not in a good way. It was poor offensive play. But... When Lamar Jackson is in, in sync, when he's in sync with the offense, in sync with his receivers, he is, mark my words here, he is the most dangerous man in the NFL as a dual threat, as the fastest man on the field and the best passer when he's in sync. He's ridiculous. We've seen, we saw it against the Chiefs and we saw it against the Chargers. That is the Ravens team that can make the Super Bowl. Yes, all the way to the Super Bowl. They, but their unpredictability is what is holding them back. And unfortunately, they've had probably 60% of those games not be in sync. But when they are in sync, it's it's ridiculous how good they are. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, we haven't seen the consistency go in the direction that they'd like to. But 
if they can click, the Ravens are most the most dangerous team in the AFC, in my opinion. Next, number nine, I got the Chargers. Justin Herbert is a menacing quarterback. The Chargers can basically outscore more than half the league, and if they get matched up in a division game here in the playoffs against the Chiefs, I think they could be a dark horse team for the AFC title game. Now, they have a terrible secondary. Um, only notable guy in that secondary, in my opinion, is Asante Samuel Jr. He has a few picks on the season, but other than that, they can only win in shootout fashion. And Justin Herbert, if they had a better record, would be a top runner for the MVP. He was about four weeks ago into the season when Chargers were looking like the best team in the AFC. They were putting down teams like the Chiefs. They were on a four and one record. They have a menacing offense. They have a great receiving core, great running back in Eckler. Justin Herbert knows how to. He knows how to run this team. Um, but defense is atrocious for them. But I think they can be a dark horse team if they get matched up against Kansas City somehow. Maybe in a divisional round matchup. I don't know. It could happen. No clue yet. We'll see. Number eight, another AFC team. I got the Titans. A healthy Tennessee has the most potential in the AFC. I, I'd say potential meaning likelihood. Um, they have the best safety in the league in Kevin Byard. I love Kevin Byard. He is a hybrid safety who knows probably the best pass coverage safety in the league, and he can hit the hell out of opponents. He basically runs that secondary for Tennessee, and when their defense is clicking, it's mostly because of him. Once they get Derrick Henry back, they'll have that run game. They'll have a balanced team. I think they can make another run like they did two years ago when they made it to the AFC title game. Um, I could really see that. If, if Derrick, come, Derrick Henry comes back as menacing as he was, they have a very good chance. Number seven, we're switching to the NFC now. I got the Cowboys. Right now, they're injury riddled, and they need to take care of that. Stability is a factor when you want to be an elite team. Uh, their defense played great against the Saints, though. I'll give them that. If they can have a good defense like that and kind of an inconsistent offense, you'll still win games. Um, but they need stability with Amari Cooper, and they also need to start Tony Pollard. Now, Ezekiel Elliott ran the ball about—I was watching the game, and he ran the ball about— 20 straight times for about three yards. Maybe I'm over-exaggerating. I don't know. They throw t Tony Pollard in for one for one play, 56-yard touchdown. It was insane. The kid's speed is insane. He's an upcoming running back. He has speed for days. Zeke looks washed. Um, could be wrong, though. I think Zeke is very talented, but Tony Pollard right now is the guy. Uh, and also, Dak Prescott needs Amari Cooper back bad. That is their go-to guy, and that's what opens up CeeDee Lamb and guys like Michael Gallup, D Dalton Schultz. Um, that's what makes their offense so dangerous. But when you have uh, kind of one elite guy in C.D. Lamb and kind of one average receiver in Michael Gallup, it's not – you kind of have to rely on run, the run opening up the pass, and you're not going to get that with Zeke. So, or I mean, a combo of Tony Pollard and Zeke would do the trick, but they're running Zeke like a superstar, and he's just not that anymore. Anyway, stability, though, is a factor, and if they are stabilized, they are a very dangerous team. Now, number six, I got the Rams because of the superstar caliber. Um, they had a very good clapback win against Jacksonville. I know it's Jacksonville, but they needed something that uh, put fuel in the fire a little bit. Um, their defense played great. They clearly have the most star power in the league uh, with Odell Beckham signing, Von Miller. They have a very scary defense on paper. Now, is it contributing? Not like they'd like to see. They gave up 36 points against the Packers two weeks ago. 
uh, in the NFL now, it's scheme. I mean, any sports league you can think of, it's schemes over teams. If you don't have the right scheme, you're screwed. And it's going to take a while for the chemistry for the get for these guys to click. And it's not always we've seen it in the NBA numerous times. It's not about how many superstars you have. It's schemes. Saw that last year with the Suns. Took out the Lakers with ease. Um, I know I'm kind of mixing sports here, but the analogy, you get it. Uh, yeah, they just need the click. Um, at that point, probably the most dangerous team in the NFC star power wise. Um, but they're not as dangerous as number five, Tampa Brady played out of his flipping mind against Atlanta. Uh, I think he passed the ball nearly 20 times in the first quarter. And to say that while you have Leonard Fournette in the backfield who ran in for four touchdowns two weeks ago is absolutely menacing and it's scary. But we've seen these inconsistent losses from Tampa, like uh, losses against the Saints when Trevor Simeon outplayed Tom Brady, losses against Washington, Taylor Heineke outplaying Brady, and their offense scoring more than the Bucs. That's sad. Um, That's why they're number five, and that's why they're not in the top three, because inconsistency. It's a factor. Um, The Falcons made some huge plays. They still got taken care of by the Bucs' pass attack. That shows how dangerous the Bucs are, but consistency is key. Number four, I got the Chiefs. Scary defense against the Broncos. I know it's the Broncos, not the most intimidating offense, but when you have a defense like that and Patrick Mahomes at quarterback and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire back, and you got, you know, the same guys that's been in the Super Bowl the past two years, it is a matter of time before both of these things click, and it's over for the AFC. They are the best team in the AFC right now. Um, I'd like to mention the Bills here. They're also an honorable mention. I kind of missed them before, but I do think the Bills are good. Um, they're a good team, but they're just not, they're just on some sort of losing tear that is not, uh, Josh Allen's not clicking right now. Um, their defense, their run defense, the Patriots embarrassed them, etc. Now, I do think the Bills, um, they're an honorable mention, and I think they have a th- they have probably the most threatening look out of the honorable mention teams. Sorry, I just completely interrupted my list for Bill's take. Anywho, number three, I got the Cardinals. Uh, Kyler Murray's dual threat attack is the most dangerous thing in the league, and we saw it against Chicago. He threw for a touchdown and ran in for two. Um, right, it's insane with that receiving core. Um, with Hopkins, Kirk, Rondale Morris, and now Zach Ertz, who's playing amazingly, and then you have the two combo running backs with Connor and Chase Edmonds. It is ridiculous. Their defense uh, looked good against Chicago. It's Chicago. My Bears suck, I know, but they forced Dalton to throw four picks, and when you have Kyler Murray, not even the most accurate quarterback in the league, able to make plays and make him look like an MVP because of that great receiving core, it is dangerous. Um, I'd say they're the second most balanced team in the league right now. Um, with their defensive play, Kyler Murray able being able to run, and then you have still a fresh running backs running the ball, and we see James Conner's touchdown numbers. It is ridiculous. Hopkins is back, too. He's healthy. Um, Christian Kirk's developing nicely. Zach Ertz fits right in with the scheme. Rondell Moore is fast as hell. They have it going for them. Um, number two, I have the Patriots. Insane run game. Mac Jones threw the ball three times against Buffalo, and they won. They are the only team in the league, in my opinion, that I think their defense can bring them all the way up to the uh, like Super Bowl level. This defense speaks in in volume, and they are loud. Um, they have the best defense in the league. Only yeah, only team in the league where I see the their defense winning them the title. And I think this is where I was preaching schemes over teams in 
numerous times. I think they have the best secondary in the league. I think they have top three pass rusher in the league with Matt Judon. Um, they have great linebacker play with Dante Hightower. Um, guys like that. Bill Belichick knows exactly what he's doing with Mac Jones, preserving him, keeping him calm, poised. Um, other than that, it schemes over teams with them. They just play great football. And they're number two. And I think that defense can bring him to the number one level. And number one, I got the best team in the NFC and best team in the league and the most balanced team in the league, the Green Bay Packers. Um, we've seen their wins even with injuries. Um, they had 11 starters out against the Vikings, and they still lost. But they did have a win against the Cardinals while Devontae Adams was out, and they had a few other receivers out. I can't remember the names exactly. But if you can beat elite teams like that and still be and without most of your best players, you're the most balanced team in the league. And they have their defense is coming along nice uh, with insane secondary play. They have great linebackers. Aaron Jones is hot. Devontae Adams is hot. Aaron Rodgers is the most, I mean, the, probably the best quarterback in the league on paper. Um, I think they're the Super Bowl favorites right now. I really do. I think it's Packers-Patriots in the Super Bowl right now. I'm calling it week, we're not, I've, what week is it, 14, 15? I don't know. Anywho, that's my power rankings. I'm glad you guys enjoyed that. I need some water. I'm fine. No, we're going to keep going. We're, we're battling this out here. I'm a dog. Anywho, MVP race. I have three. Here's my three MVPs right now. Number three, I got Kyler Murray, like I just mentioned. Most dangerous thing in the league um, because of his dual threatness and his receiving core. The issue is his accuracy. Um, Cardinals, best record in the league. Um, but with Kyler Murray, I think with a little bit of accuracy, he could jump Aaron Rodgers at number two. Aaron Rodgers is my number two MVP. Um you know, besides a little off play in the first few weeks of the season, Aaron Rodgers is tearing teams up, and they are the best team in the NFC, not on the record, but, you know, um, on paper, in my opinion. And he's throwing minuscule picks, but number one, I got Tom Brady, most touchdowns in the league. Um, other than that, he's playing efficiently. He has a decent amount of interceptions, but he is statistically the MVP right now. Um Top five in yards, top five in touchdowns, top five completion percentage. And he has a great team built around him. And if he can probably win out, I think the MVP is his. I really do. Um, I don't think as strongly as other analysts do, like Skip Bayless and Colin Cowherd do, as, as strongly as they do when they say Tom Brady is the undisputed MVP, blah, 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 blah. I think it's the, the race right now is very close, and any of these three guys can change within a week like that. Tom Brady has a bad week, I'd say say Rodgers is. And we'll see all the other analysts say that. They like to guarantee stuff for TV views. But here on Drake's Corner, I like to keep it real. Sorry, that was terrible. Anywho, NBA, baby. I know, I always say basketball for last. I, 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 got some, I make the basketball fans wait. They know that. They know that. Anywho. Um, I saw a report over yesterday was a report, a little report action, that our boy, Ben Simmons, in the principal's office here, um, Damian Lillard liked the idea of him in Portland. Now, do I think this would work? And you're probably going to say, Drake, you've been bashing on Ben Simmons your entire podcast run. You're right, I have. But here's the thing. I think it would work. I think Lillard would keep Simmons in check. I think he's a great Ben Simmons himself. I'm not going to deny his ability to pass. He's one of the best passers in the league. He would be a great distributor for the guard play with Lillard and McCollum. And I think the Blazers need something like that to compete in the West. Lillard has made it clear that he wants to win in Portland, and he's a dog. He's going to stick around. McCollum, good sidekick. Um, 
I saw recently he actually had a collapsed lung, so he'll be out for a while. Um, but I do think it would be a good fit once everybody's healthy and once if Lillard can keep Simmons in check. Um, yeah, I think it would kind of make them contend they might be good enough for a West Finals action. I do think that it would actually work better than what the Lakers have going right now. Um, and I think they match up almost perfectly against the Lakers. Um, uh, yeah, so I really think they match up perfectly with if you put Simmons on Braun, Lillard on Westbrook, and they'll find something out with Anthony Davis. I'm not sure. I'm not going to think that in-depthly about it right now, but I do think it would work. I like I like the idea of it. Um, it would make Portland quite possibly a contender. You know, in Philadelphia, Ben Simmons really didn't have another shooter. He just had Embiid, and it's Ben Simmons is 6'10". What are you going to do? pass it over the top of everybody to Embiid like that. It's not going to work every time. I think distributing on to the wings with Lillard and McCollum would be great for him. Um, whew, I'm out of breath. Holy hell. God, these takes just wear me out. Anywho, finale of the show, mid-season awards in the NBA. MVP, Stephen Curry. Are you kidding me? I know I said before the season, Luka Doncic. Um, I just think Luke is a stats beast, but Stephen Curry is number one in the West right now. Um, he is shooting 41% from three. He's not averaging as much as he did when he won the MVP, but he is playing out of his mind without Clay Thompson. He's got Andrew. He's basically got the same team as last year. They're just winning like crazy. Um, the clicks back, <laughs> let's just say the clicks back in, uh, the Golden State here. Uh, once Clay Thompson comes back, I think it's pretty much over for the race right now. I think Steph Curry's winning it. Um, yeah, and I think they're back to their dangerous form. Um, it's I see Suns, Warriors in the Western Finals. Other than that, um, I don't really see anybody else contending for that MVP spot right now. Um, but I, th- I think maybe if Luke, I'm still sticking with Luka here. If he can maybe go on a winning streak with the Mavericks, I don't know if Porzingis has been playing pretty decent as of late, so but if Luca can get those stats up, MVP can be his. It's quite possible, but right now nobody's in check. I'd like to keep my faith in my preseason pick, though. It'd be nice. Most improved player. I'm going with a guy who is very good, Demar Derozan. Plus five points on this season from last season with the Spurs. He is plus eight percent on the three ball, and the Bulls are balling. What more can you want? He looks like the star in Chicago right now. Besides, I mean, obviously, Zach Levine's the franchise. But DeMar DeRozan, statistically, the best player. Um, and I think you see hell of an improvement there. Um, besides, I see one other guy, and that's Tyler Hero. But at the sixth man, I got Tyler Hero. 21 points a game. 40% from three. I think it's undisputed for this award coming off the bench like that. That is incredible. Um we saw Lou Williams do it a lot in uh, L.A. with the Clippers and with the Lakers. And Lou Williams, maybe the goaded six-man um, of all time. And right now, Tyler Hero is doing that plus more um, than in any other season that Lou Williams has come off the bench. Um, he's ridiculous right now. He said before the season he wanted to compete with guys in the same draft class like Jaw, Zion, guys like that. And he's doing that right now. He's actually... For playing better than Zion, because Zion is uh, like 390 pounds overweight right now. Um, anywho, last but not least, Defensive Player of the Year, Rudy Gobert. Yes, I know, very fun pick. He's won it, won it the last two years. Um, anywho, he has the most defensive boards. He is second in blocks behind an inc- inconsistent Miles Turner, who is currently on the trade block. Um, 
So with defensive efficiency, Rudy Gobert leads the league. Points in the paint, he allows the least percentage. And yeah, that's how that's kind of how they base the Defensive Player of the Year stat now when Giannis won it, um, based on defensive efficiency. And it's not based off just blocks. If you lead the league in blocks, you win. This isn't the Ben Wallace era. It's defensive efficiency. And Rudy Gobert does everything for that. And I think it's undisputed with that award, too. Whew. Those are the awards. And that is the show, everybody. I know, I know. Thank you for watching. I really appreciate all the views. It is episode 11. We are never stopping. And it's going to release on time. I, it's going to be Wednesday. You guys are going to see this. You're going to be like, wow, Drake, you didn't release on a Thursday like you did last week, you douchebag. Um, yeah, I know, but anywho, this episode was very fun. Thank you so much for watching. Keep in tune with more, con uh, content coming up soon. Go follow Drake's Corner Sports on Instagram. Go, um, like my TikTok. Yeah, what's, what's my TikTok username? Drake's Corner Sports. I think it's that too. Um, go like, follow me on every social media you can think of, please. I'd really appreciate it. And there's a lot more content elsewhere. You'll see Instagram stories, TikToks, Instagram reels, etc. Um, I'm active all over there, so if you want more takes throughout the day, go see me there. But as for now, you will see me on my weekly show every Wednesday. Thank you so much for watching, and I'll see you guys next time. Peace!